Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I'm so glad you joined me today. Um, This is October and I wanted to let you know that it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And not everybody realizes that your mental health is directly linked to your spiritual health. So I'm going to focus on that a little bit today. It might not be quite as lighthearted as sometimes, but I think it's vitally important that I share what is on my heart today with you and what God has moved me to share with you. So I hope you'll hang in there. But I also wanted to share with you that if you're looking for some hope-filled, faith-filled podcasts like this one, you can also find them out on accessmore.com. There are some really wonderful thought-provoking faith leaders on Access More, like uh, Bob Goff, Torn Wells, Lisa Harper, and it's really a safe place to hop on out to and find podcasts on everything from faith to education and even entertainment. So when you're done listening to this podcast, this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast, I hope you're going to hop on over to accessmore.com and see what you can find. Okay, so I like to start every podcast with some pod quotes. And today's pod quotes, (laughs) today's pod quotes deal directly with Uh, the topic. And this episode is titled, We Are Not Alone, Hold On to Hope. So today, my quotes are from the Bible. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. All right. I, I also read something, um, we can include it in a pod quote, that says hope, H-O-P-E, stands for hold on, pain ends. Hold on, pain ends. But in quoting that, I want to remind you that pain should end according to God's merciful hand, according to his timing, and it will end in his grace. So as tempting as it may be to make pain end swiftly for yourself, um, be it physical, mental, or emotional, as long as you're here, God has you here for a purpose. And so I just want to remind you that you are not alone. Hold on to hope and the hope that he has called you to. So have you ever seen a child throw a uh, kind of a silent temper tantrum? Or maybe even not a temper tantrum, or maybe just a, a, some sort of internal fit. And maybe not just a child. Adults do it too, right? <laughs> or maybe it's not merely some sort of anger. More, more, moreover, a heartache that you see in, in a child or in an adult or pain. Something that they're seething inside with that they just can't seem to keep inside them. And even without them speaking a single word, you can see it. You can see it that it's going on, even if you don't know all the details, you know, something's there. Maybe it's simmering. Maybe you can see it in their eyes and the way their head sits on their shoulders or the way their posture is or how they breathe. Have you ever observed someone close enough and allowed yourself to feel a little bit of where they are? Maybe look in their eyes at their mannerisms. Then, you know, I mean, 
you just know it's a human thing. I, I personally have also experienced though animals being able to sense when we have deep emotion and things going on inside of us. And, and there in, are many animals that I think can sense when a human being is feeling something and those animals can show us compassion. It's a beautiful thing. I, I find it miraculous. And, and even though some people push this ability away though, to be able to sense this in other people, um, and they refuse to embrace the fact that most of us are able to do this, that we're gifted with a discernment and a compassion and ability to, to really feel empathy and sympathy um, for other people in this way. Um, it's actually there, even though some people try to push it away and refuse to embrace it. It's there. And maybe, just maybe, although I'm not convinced, some humans are not able to do so. <clears throat> but most of us can do this, especially if it's with someone that we have a relationship with and know intimately, like a spouse or, or kids or close friends and family members. For example, I can tell by one word, literally one word out of my son's mouth, what kind of mood he's in. One word. <laughs> I can go a few weeks without even seeing him and then speak to him on the phone. And yet, with him answering just one question, even one word, I know if he's doing okay or not. I may not know all the details, but I know. Even though he's an adult, I can tell because I'm in tune with him. I know him well. He's mine. And on some level or another, he will always be mine, just like we are God's. And God can do this with us. You know, I can tell when my adult daughter is lying, <laughs> even if she tries to cover it up. I can see it in her body language and in her eyes and her facial expression. I can hear it in her voice that someplace deep inside her, she's sad or she's been picked on or, or did something wrong even. And she thinks lying will let her slide by without having to have a real conversation about whatever it is. As if not saying anything doesn't communicate something because lack of words are a communication all in themselves, right? You just have to pay attention and tune in. I can tell by the way my husband gets out of his truck and walks to the door at the end of his workday what kind of a mood he's in. I can see the posture, um, the facial expressions, and everything in him, just like I can the women in front of me when I lead Bible study. I can tell if one of them has something heavy or, or um, it doesn't even have to be sad. It could just be important. I can just sense when there's something on their heart and mind, even if they don't want to express it, which happens, and that's more than okay. But I can still tell, and I know to pray for them, even if they haven't asked me to. And in those times, those times of silent, whatever it is, silent pain, silent weariness, silent anger, silent worry that they have, I know I need to pray all the more. So for me personally, I also can sense and see some of that depth of emotion when I'm up speaking at a conference or leading a group of women at a retreat. It's just part of it. And so with all this quiet information, I have to respond accordingly. That's part of my responsibility. Uh, and then I have to, I have to, to answer to God if I don't. So to the best of my ability, I have to get this information that I receive and do whatever it is God wants me to do with it. Uh, not perfectly. I'll, I'll never do it perfectly, but compassionately and with promptness and with purpose and, and through prayer and maybe even after I pray more compassion and more understanding. So 
Back to the child throwing a tantrum kind of thought. My husband and I were in a store one time and we had a few items in a basket and we were making our way through the uh, men's clothing section looking for some new sweats for our son. And as we came around one of those uh, round turnstiles with shirts on it, there on the floor was sitting a child. He looked to be about seven or eight years old. It was a boy and he sat there arms crossed, knees bent up in front of him and his head down on his knees underneath, kind of halfway underneath the clothes, hidden a little bit. There was no doubt that this boy was bothered or upset or tired or maybe all three. Something was going on with him. And in order to avoid hitting him with the basket, I said, excuse me, I'm going to squeeze my basket past you and try not to hit you. He looked up and just shrugged his shoulders at me and I just nodded at him. And then I just kind of maneuvered the basket around him and we slowly made our way to the next rack of clothes. But as we passed him, I turned and looked back and he kind of had his head cocked to one side at that point with one eye open looking at me. His head was still on his knees, but he opened that one eye and he was looking at me. So I knew in that second that I was going to swing back around at, at some point and go in front of him again. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just thought that was the right thing to do because we didn't see any other adults within probably 20 feet of him. So I thought, I actually hoped that somebody was missing him. I mean, maybe it had slipped past them or maybe he had slipped past them. and was, you know, kind of like hiding in the clothes, although he didn't look like it because he didn't look like he was playing a game or anything. Um, or maybe somebody was in the dressing area and thought it was okay for this little boy to be out in the store by himself. Um, yeah, that I've seen that people go in to try on clothing and they leave their kids out thinking that it's okay. Now, that would not be my choice with my kids uh, when they were that age. But unfortunately, I think we see that more often than not. And my husband and I, we just decided, well, we're going to keep an eye on this boy. So we went through the clothing and, and then we swung back around near the rack of clothes that he was perched beneath. Um, and when we did, I stopped the basket right smack in front of him. And he immediately looked up. I said hi to him and he just looked at me. I asked him, are you okay? do you maybe have a parent or family member here who's wondering where you are? And he just shook his head no. I wasn't sure which question he was answering, so I, I tried again with kind of a different approach. And I said, you know, there aren't many people in this store. Do you happen to know where I can find someone who can help me find some clothes for my son? And he just immediately lit up. His, he put his head up, his face perked up, and, and he said, I know where some stuff is if you want me to tell you where it is. And I said, well, that would be nice. Do you work here? And he giggled. So that was my first clue. Okay, this is, we're on the right track. So he said, no, but my mom does. So we chatted just a minute about where things were. And he finally got up off his knees and um, out from underneath the clothes. And I asked him where his mom was. And he said she was in the back on the phone with her stupid boss. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, er, he wasn't on the phone. He was, she was in the back a room with her stupid boss. And um, so my husband and I let him show us to some sweats, which were just a couple racks over and some workout clothes and things like that were just, they were just about 10 feet away and we'd already seen them, but I honestly couldn't concentrate on shopping, wondering what was wrong with the boy and where his parents might be and what in the world was going on. Uh, but when he took us to the sweats, I made sure I was interested. I mean, I was all into these sweats that he was showing me and he was into it. You know, he, he just really wanted to help and I think he wanted some attention. So he, he spoke with authority though about the sweats. <laughs> he had definitely spent some time in the store. And as I tried to kind of ooh and awe over things, 
I asked him how come he was in the store instead of out playing with his friends on a Saturday. And he just, just let it all out. He gushed. He said, um, you know, he, he lets know that his mom worked there and that he had to come to work with her lately um, or sit in the car in the parking lot and wait for her when her boss was there all the time so she didn't get in trouble that he was at her work because his dad was sick and in the hospital and they didn't have anyone to babysit him at home. But he let us know that, uh, hello, in no uncertain terms, <laughs> he was not a baby and he didn't need anybody to watch him anyhow. <laughs> so what he really wanted us wanted was though to just um leave the store and go be at the hospital with his dad and that's what he told us but his mom wouldn't let him so he spent the day at work with his mom in the store with her until they could leave and go visit his dad in the hospital and they wouldn't let him of course go stay in the hospital by himself with his dad and nobody to watch him so it was um kind of him hopping from place to place to place throughout the day is what it sounded like trying to avoid when his boss was in her boss was in the area. So his mom's boss didn't see that he was there and she didn't get in trouble, but they got caught this particular day. And so his mom had to go in the back and meet with the boss. That's why he was upset. He was sitting under the clothing rack, worried about all of these things, about his dad in the hospital, about him not being able to see his dad, about his mom getting in trouble and maybe getting fired. Um, so all of this was weighing on this little boy. Now, I think most people would probably have gone on their way when they saw him, not even asking him if he was okay or where his parents were, just, just basically ignoring the fact that a young boy was sitting sad and worried, upset, alone beneath the clothing rack because our, I feel like we've gotten just really gotten this callous in our culture today. I mean, it's kind of the mind your own business is the big motto unless let me take that back. It's the big motto unless whatever business it is that someone else is into um, that we can call out has something to do with money or politics or both. Then society is all about calling it out, checking it out, exaggerating it, pouncing on it, and making uh, any kind of um, human decision or mockery of something. We're very apt to be uh, able to point out somebody else's wrongdoing or somebody else's issues and problems if there's something in it for us. Uh, and and I'll make them an example or even make them again, a mockery in the name of whatever the latest, greatest cause is. And even more so if there's money involved, let's throw money at the situation. Let's gather money. Let's point it out. Otherwise many people just would simply proclaim that it was none of their business and they'd rather stay out of it and continue to walk by. And it seems like for the most part, although not always for the most part, those are the two extremes, right? But I'm not like that. And I'm not perfect, but I'm not like that. So Yes, I'm careful. We're cautious. My husband and I wouldn't let the other one be alone with a child we didn't know. And we were sure to stay in this case within about 10 feet of where we actually found the child. We didn't let him go very far just in case his mom came back because we didn't know the situation. But we took the time to listen to this discernment that was going on inside us and to pay attention to what was being communicated to us silently you know, even if it wasn't being spoken, we knew something was being said here. Um, and why do we do this? Because we were able, 
because we were given the ability to actually discern and to hear with spiritual ears and with emotional hearts and with uh, common sense, logical, caring minds and, and to help other people. And I, I believe that's obedience. And because as common and simple as it sounds, it's the right thing to do. It's not just the good thing to do either. It's the godly thing to do. I bring this up because it, it seems that so many people in this world are lamenting that they feel alone. They feel unheard or disconnected as if no one cares about them or listens to them, especially not God. That's what a lot of people say. And it breaks my heart. It's like that little boy there. People probably in at least a few, half a dozen or a dozen people probably passed him and didn't say anything to him. And I'm sure as, as young as he was, he, he felt like, well, nobody else cares. Nobody cares. And that's the way our world seems to be right now. And so many people, they see that, they feel that, they feel as if no one else cares. And we are a reflection of God. And if we don't show them God's love and that God cares through us, they might not ever know it. So the rate of suicide in this country is phenomenally high. And I'm not even going to go through all the statistics because you can Google it yourself. But I'm telling you, at various age groups, everything from eight years old on up, it is radically high. The rate of mental health issues is crazy high. And those are just the trackable, diagnosed mental health issues that we have statistics on. And yet I know without a doubt that anyone who has a mental or emotional issue, a disorder, a diagnosis, a psychosis, temporary or permanent, whether from neglect, abuse, PTSD, traumatic experiences, physical impairment, I don't know, family issues, victimization, whatever the case may be, environmentally induced or psychologically induced or physically, biologically born with it, there is hope. And I'm afraid and I can tell by the statistics that most people do not know that hope. One way that I know this is because of the very story I told you about with my husband and I in the store. We were made in God's image and he gave us the ability to have discernment, to be able to tune into what someone else is feeling. When they're hurting, they're scared, they're upset, they're depressed, they're concerned, they're frustrated, whatever it is. Do we get it right all the time? No, no, we just, we don't. We can try to, but we're human and we have flaws, but we're supposed to at least try at the very best, at the very least to reach out together, to use information given to us in the moment to discern and to reach out to others. It's not just my husband's mood that I'm aware of when he gets out of the car. I can see it in almost everyone. It's not just his mood that I can detect and not just my kids or my women's group, I can sense and see things in other people if, if I pay attention, if I am not so self-centered that I ignore the world and the people around me on an everyday basis, if I am not so scared of butting into somebody else's business, and if I am not doing it for selfish, hey, look at me and what I'm doing to help someone else reasons, then I can actually have some sort of an impact, even if for a moment, even if I just plant a seed, that I'm able to do something. And it's not just that I can do these things. You know, 
acknowledge, validate, maybe help someone reach out to someone, check on them, uh, provide for others. But I am supposed to do these things. There are many places in the Bible where God tells us how we should act and respond to other people. Like Matthew seven twelve, it, it, it holds that wonderful little gem that we have all come to know as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you don't like feeling alone, if you don't like feeling unvalidated, if you don't feeling like, like feeling that no one else cares and you're tired of people just walking by you as if you don't exist, or only seeking you out if they want something from you, then it's even more reason to make sure that you do not act the same way. Just a thought. And Mark 12, 30 through 31 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second commandment, that's the most important commandment. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no more greater commandment than these. You know, I've I've talked about this before. There does come this place where, you know, we're not loving ourselves well. And so we don't love other people well. And it's time that we change that. And sometimes it takes loving someone else enough to see that we want the same thing. And And in turn, when we love someone else enough and pay enough attention to other people and get outside of ourselves. It helps us to love who we are even more as well. It kind of goes hand in hand, I think. But the hope I'm speaking of when I talk about hope and being able to share hope with other people is more than a hope that someone will remember the golden rule. So, so that if I'm in a position where I feel like that boy in the store, like I need to go hide under a rack of clothing or duck my head, praying that I won't make things worse or or if I'm hurting and scared, hoping that someone, anyone might come along and recognize that I'm hurting and try to help me, then that's where I am. And it's a real hope too, that God, God himself would reach out, comfort me and show me love and let me know that I'm not alone. And I think right now, when I say that I am not alone, I'm not the only one who's ever felt that way. I'm not the only one, no matter what your age is, no matter where you live, no matter what your socioeconomic value is, no matter what your race is, I'm not the only one that's ever felt like that. Because isn't that usually what a lot of us are seeking? Validation, comfort, a reason to hope. You know, this boy lit up when he thought he could help someone else. Even if it was as simple as finding some clothing for their son, someone he didn't even know. He didn't know us. And after, after we talked to him for a bit and kind of let him know, uh, um, let him help us choose some t-shirts for our son and let him know that we needed help, his mom came out and, and found him talking to us. And she was really grateful. We told her that we'd like to help her in any way that we could. I mean, maybe with some money for fuel or to help her get a babysitter, even though her son didn't need one, of course. (laughs) He didn't need a babysitter. And she started to cry a little. And she said, today has just given me so much hope. And that wasn't only because we were kind and watched out for her son and offered to, to give her money, but because her boss, her boss, after learning what was going on with her, gave her extra paid days off, He gave her some extra money for fuel and told her that they would set up a part of the back break room for her son to hang out while she worked. I mean, 
that was huge. And she had no idea people could be so kind. She literally had no idea. She had not experienced that to that level before in her life. She had no hope in humanity and she had no hope in God at all until that day. That day changed things for her just by other people taking notice and caring. So you see, if we allow him, then God will show us others that need help. If we allow him, God will show others who he is through us. And if we allow him, God will show other people hope that they so desperately need through us. And we just have to be obedient to do it. He'll give them a hope and a glimpse of the future that they're called to through us if we're obedient. He can do that. And he does do that. But we have to allow it and we have to step outside of our own kind of self-serving behavior and thoughts just by paying attention and using that ability we have to come out of ourselves and out of our own little world. We can make a difference to someone else, whether it's someone we know or someone we don't know. Can we be the person who throws a hope filled lifeline to someone who is on the brink of suicide? Maybe. Yeah, that's possible. This is a very real possibility. Can we solve everyone's issues so no one ever attempts suicide again? No, not going to lie. No, we cannot. But we can point them to a path of hope. We can let them know that God is with them, even if no one else is, that he is on their side, no matter what. We can be a witness and give a testimony to them of who God is to us and what his word says. But we can only do this if, like God, being made in his image, we pay attention because we're made, we're made in God's image. That means we have some likeness to God. God does not ignore us. He doesn't want us to be afraid and he can sense where we are and how we're feeling and what's going on with us. Just like we can sense that in other people. He can sense when we feel alone, when we're lonely, when we feel hopeless. And he doesn't want any of that for any of us. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit, by the way, who is our comforter and our strength. And I know there are people who don't know there's such a gift as the Holy Spirit. It's, us, uh, it's up to us to let them know this. John 14, 16 through 17 says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And that's the Holy Spirit. So, you know, or maybe you don't know, God communicates with us in many ways every day, all throughout the day. And he pays attention, even if we don't want him to. <laughs> He pays attention. He's watching. He's receiving whatever info you're throwing out there from your heart, body, mind, and spirit. Like me being able to pick up on whether my husband is in pain just by the way he gets out of his truck at the, the end of a work day. I can sense that. I'm receiving it. God can see the same thing. He can see if we're in pain. He's receiving that information from you. There's always communication going on whether you understand that there is or not there actually is I hope you will see that he's not oblivious to you he 
He's not oblivious to your needs, your worries, your hurts or pains, or, or your desires either. So we were made in his image, and this is where we get that gift from, is from him, to be able to discern and pick up on what other people are feeling and how they're doing. No, we can't read their mind, and no, we don't know all the specifics like God knows with us, but we still have this gift. So he knows, and he knows you. Because he knitted you in the womb before you were born. He knows you inside and out, like it or not. <laughs> he knows who you are and what you're about. And to me, there's no greater hope than the hope that comes with knowing that we have a God who loves us more than anything and is hands-on with us. Now, I can't solve all the world problems and neither can you. I can't save every person who wants to be saved. And in fact, I am not a savior. I have to point people to Jesus for saving, but I can pay attention and I can treat them the way I want to be treated and not just roll past them or ignore them, hoping that they'll um, become somebody else's problem or somebody else might help them. There are times when no words can come out of our mouths in a right way. Do you know what I mean? There, there, there are times that also that we don't want to say anything because we're afraid it might not come out right. And there are times when we're in a place that hurts so much that we can't speak, but God knows we don't have to speak. Um, there are times that I can't utter a word, believe it or not, <laughs> but it's just true because there are sometimes that there are no words that can communicate to God or anyone else how I'm feeling. Just silence. This internal hurt or, or this internal pain or screaming or tearing up inside or silence that's born of deep pain. It's there at times. And in those moments, I'm seeking God's affirmation even more. And I'm seeking his hope even more. The good news is you don't have to utter a single word because you're his and he hears you. He hears your silent cries from your heart and he hears when you're agonizing inside your brain, when, when things are just muddled and muffled and muted and you feel numb or you feel deep pain. He knows this. My hope and prayer for you today is that you understand that you are not alone. Things are not hopeless and you have a God who cares enough to give his only son to save you. We have a God though, who is the greatest hope that we have. Not just eternal life and eternal salvation, but he is the hope that we have day in and day out every day for eternity. You know, the other day I saw a picture posted online um, by someone and she made it herself. It wasn't a meme that she copied and pasted. It's a woman that I, I know who has been battling uh, cancer. Uh, breast cancer for a long time. And she's a woman who has a lot of faith, but who also desperately wants God's healing and even more his will and his plan for her life. And she says it all the time. But on that post, it was just simply a picture of a piece of paper, um, just a lined piece of paper, you know, like, like notebook paper. Um, and it was a letter and it started out at the top of the page, dear Lord. And instead of writing all you could see on the page were teardrops. And at the bottom of it, there was an amen and an I love you. And I know without a doubt that God heard her and he understands just what she meant. Again, I hope and pray today that if you're feeling some kind of a way that leads you to a place of 
hopelessness, that you'll take a moment to pause, to breathe in deeply and listen to this. You are truly not alone. God will give you the love, affirmation, and hope you need to make it through the next hour, the next day, and every day to come on this journey that you're on, that we're all on. But there are also people who love you and who care enough and will take the time to reach out to you, no matter where you are or what kind of pain or fear you're feeling in the moment, or even if you feel like you're a mess inside. It's okay. If you need help and you need to talk to somebody right now, there are resources. You can text 741741 to reach the crisis text line if that's how you're more comfortable texting with someone. You can call 844-472-9687 for the Christians in Crisis Hotline. And if you have an immediate need and you just feel like you can't hold on and you're not sure what you're going to do, please, please call 911 for your local emergency. Thank you so much for tuning into this important episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. Till next time, I pray for you grace and peace.